the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America This is Karen Schoen, and you are listening to The Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Folks, the last week I was looking up and doing some research on some of the transgender issues that were going on and trying to decide when this really happened. Well, I came across something that was a little bit off topic, but it posed the big question that I wanted to share. And this is U.S. Code 18, Section 1841. And it says, Protection of Unborn Children. Now, If we are being led to believe that abortion is no big deal and that you can kill the fetus, that they call it, which according to this code is an unborn child, and you can kill that at will through an abortion, how is that different from the U.S. Code 18, which states that Whoever engages in conduct that violates the provisions of the law listed in subsection and uh, subsection B and hereby causes the death or bodily injury as defined in section 1365 to a child who is in utero, that means not born, um, at the time the conduct takes place, is guilty of a separate offense under this section. Now, if a doctor, a clinic, a parent kills a fetus, it is the same thing as murder. There is no difference. So I think that we have to start calling abortion what it is. These people are killing babies. They are baby killers, and they are committing murder. And I don't care if the child is born at inception or is aborted within six weeks or six months, it doesn't make any difference. A child in utero, according to our law, is considered a child. Now, we are not following the laws now. We're not following them on abortion. We're not following them on anything. And here we have Millions of people pouring into America, and what are they going to do? We saw pictures of pregnant women who just come to America to drop their children or to have an abortion. What a heck of a way to come to America. And who is addressing this? Well, the good news is we have a committee. It's called the Judiciary Committee. And Jim Jordan is now in New York and will be interviewing 
the people and has interviewed the people who are the victims of these victimless crimes that prosecutors fail to prosecute. My question is, Biden now wants us to pay for all health care for all illegals. So we, the American people, will be paying again to murder babies of illegal people who come here to have their babies murdered. What has America become? And what are the ramifications of all of this immigration that we are having forced upon us? What will our country look like in a couple of years after this happens? Well, I love my immigration expert and asked him to come back, Michael Cutler. Thank you so much, Michael, for joining me. Um, What is going on? What is going to go on with the uh, Judiciary Committee and Jim Jordan and his group of people that will be talking to the victims? Also, I had another question, Mike, I wanted to ask you, and that was we heard Nadler say crime is down 17 percent, murders are down 15 percent, this thing is down blah, blah percent. So keeping these people out of jail, these criminals out of jail, these repeat offenders out of jail, skews the statistics because they're not reporting it. So if you don't report the crime, it's going to go down. Isn't that the way it works, Mike? Well, figures don't lie, but liars can figure, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. You're so um, right. But and, and, you know, just to, to briefly touch on this, you know, for your audience, uh, for their sake, uh, I was with the INS, the Immigration and Naturalization Service, for 30 years. I rotated through all the squads within the investigations branch. Uh, I was an agent for 26 years. But prior to that, I worked for the INS as an immigration inspector at Kennedy Airport, So I I really took the scenic tour. I also spent the year as an adjudicator doing the marriage interviews uh, that are the subject of so many movies, usually as a a comedic sort of thing, which I don't understand. There's nothing funny about visa fraud. In fact, you know, I I think I hold the record for the number of hearings at which I testified because I did not do that as the head of an agency, but rather... Mostly as a civilian, although a couple of times when I appeared before Congress, I did so uh, while I was still a special agent for the INS. Uh, and it was, by the way, over the um, <laughs> over or in a, with the objection of the commissioner of the INS who did not want me to testify. So I think I've done a total of 17 hearings in both the House and Senate. And this is deja vu all over again for me here in New York City, because back on February 27th, 2003, I testified at a hearing in Washington, but it was about New York City's sanctuary policies and the effect of of those policies on public safety, law enforcement and immigration. So it's important for the federal government to oversee local law enforcement. You know, the former um, Democrat Speaker of the House, Tip O'Neill, famously remarked that all politics is local. And and he's right, because at the end of the day, the decisions that are made, whether it's in Washington or at the city council level or before the state assembly or the state senate, impact Americans wherever they are. So all politics is local, but I'm here to tell you that all law enforcement is local. On September 11, 2001, 
The ashes from the conflagration at Ground Zero landed on my home and my neighbors died. Uh, a, a little personal note, I had had a screaming match with the, at the time, Republican counsel to the House Immigration, I'm sorry, the House Judiciary Committee, where I said to him, what the blank will it take? Another attack at the Trade Center? We had that argument on the Friday before 9-11. Now, the reason I'm mentioning 9-11 and New York City and crime, because on 9-11, obviously, America was attacked. But when you zoom down, what really was attacked? It was a complex of buildings on a street corner in Manhattan, lower Manhattan. It was a, a field in Pennsylvania, and it was the Pentagon over across the river from Washington, D.C., so at the end of the day, terror attacks take place in neighborhoods, and they involve people. And it's not just that the America was attacked, but again, it's the idea that buildings were brought down, people died. And incidentally, we lost more people to 19 hijackers on 9-11 than we lost to the entire Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor on December 7th, 1941. And since 9-11, an even greater number of people have died because they were exposed to toxins when the towers collapsed. So we're now talking about more than double the number of people that were killed by the Japanese fleet. And tragically, the death count continues as more people are now dying because of their exposure to the toxins, which was predicted, <laughs> even though I think it was uh, it was a Christine Todd Whitman, who at the time was the uh, secretary of EPA, who said that the air and water was safe. Yes. <laughs> Look, both parties don't care about the average American. Let's be very clear about this. I'm a registered Democrat. I haven't voted for a Democrat in years because this is no longer the Democrat Party. And when people call these nincompoops liberals, nothing could be further from the truth. I was raised to be a liberal. I raised my kids to be liberal. Now, what does that mean? We celebrate the First Amendment. I don't have to agree with you, Karen. You don't have to agree with me. But as Americans, we have an absolute right, unless we're doing the equivalent of yelling fire in a crowded theater or calling for a riot. Other than that, we have a 100% guaranteed right to stand on a soapbox on a street corner and spout whatever we want to spout. We're entitled to our opinions and we're entitled to be able to articulate them without fear. Is that what's happening with the Democrats and the lunatics on college campuses with this notion of the cancel culture? And now, by the way, they're sharpening their knives for Dianne Feinstein. Isn't it remarkable? They're going to start eating their own. They're the ones that are now on the menu. So there's nothing liberal about the Democrats. There's nothing democratic about the Democrats. In fact, I've come to call them the deathocrat party. When you look at the lunacy being foisted on us between immigration issues, bail reform, and let me tell you, immigration was the test for what they've done to the criminal justice system. Catch and release, which we heard so much about on the border with the Border Patrol, releasing aliens that were caught, and then they were released and they disappeared into the night. In fact, the paperwork was that they were handed. The aliens were given papers that were called notices to appear. Sarcastically, the Border Patrol called them notices to disappear because fewer than, I think, 8% ever showed up for hearings. And by the way, it wasn't limited to the Border Patrol. I cannot tell you how many times as an immigration agent we would arrest people, maybe chase them for five blocks and wind up having a fist fight to put handcuffs on them. And then we brought them into the office and we were told, well, we only have room for eight illegal aliens in the jail and we have 100 aliens that were brought in. So guess what? 
with the exception of those eight slots in the jail, the rest are going to have to be released into the street. So this is madness that's been going on forever. And now they've taken that principle and applied it to the criminal justice system. And, and so what everyone really needs to understand are these sanctuary policies and these bail reform policies are getting innocent people killed. It's killing Americans. It's killing members of the ethnic immigrant communities and not just from Latin America. I had a near meltdown when Trump said, you know, there's a lot of bad hombres out there because, of course, I knew where the lunatic left and the globalists were going to go with that. Oh, my God, he's a racist. There's nothing racist about the immigration laws. I've arrested people from all over the world. My first fraud case caused me to uncover a terror plot in Israel, and we prevented the bombing of an oil refinery as a consequence. I was a brand new agent less than a year in. So from that point on, as you might imagine, I had a wonderful working relationship with the Israeli National Police, and I subsequently arrested many Israelis who had come to America fleeing the long arm of the law in Israel, including a guy wanted for murder. We arrested him, sent him back to Israel. I promise you, he was not a Latino. I got a medal, a police medal from the Japanese National Police for helping them with a narcotics investigation involving a Japanese woman who was smuggling cocaine to Japan. She was not a Latino, okay? <laughs> I've worked with New Scotland Yard, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. This isn't about race. It's not about religion. It's not about ethnicity. It's about protecting American lives, public safety, public health, national security, and the jobs and wages of Americans. And yet, incredibly, the politicians from both parties have conned the average American into thinking that it's a terrible thing to enforce the borders, enforce our laws, and it's not just a southern border, Karen. All we're hearing about, southern border, southern border, southern border. Well, I went to the CBP website, Customs and Border Protection website, and they made the point that in 2022, a year ago when COVID was still a big issue, we admitted almost 900,000 people into the United States through ports of entry every single day. I'd love to know by what standard these people were screened. And I'm very familiar with the process, having spent four years as an inspector. We also have a northern border. And in fact, Biden met with Trudeau because of a problem of illegal aliens moving between the two countries. I actually was asked by the Canadians to provide them with a position paper way back when on the Western Hemisphere Travel Initiative so that that would require people traveling between the two countries to provide a passport or equivalent document. And I convinced them that we needed to do it. And they did. They, they ratified it. So understand that there's no shortage of ways of entering the United States. We also have 95,000 miles of coastline. And yet what we're hearing from the Republicans is we don't need IRS agents. We need Border Patrol agents. Well, look, we could always use more Border Patrol. But what we really need are ICE agents. And I'm going to tell you why very briefly. Because the ICE mission goes well beyond simply arresting illegal aliens. It's certainly a critical part of what they do. They're also supposed to go after the crooked employers who hire illegal aliens. And some people, including politicians, will say, well, we need mandatory E-Verify. I agree. It should have been mandatory from day one. However, how easy is it to game mandatory e-verify just the way that people cheat on their taxes if they're not audited? I've gone to factories where on paper they might have 48 employees and the paperwork is immaculate. It looks like a textbook. And you walk into the factory and there's 500 people there. Well, wait a minute. 500 people jammed into a factory with no air, no nothing. It's 110 degrees. 
And on paper, they have 48 employees. Well, the 48 are legitimate workers. The others, the hundreds that are there, are illegal aliens working off the books. If you don't have agents going out there, there's no way of knowing it. You also have an issue of immigration fraud, people lying about their identities, lying about their involvement with criminal or terrorist activities. In fact, my very first hearing back in in 1997, May 20th, was about immigration fraud and visa fraud because of the two terror attacks in 1993. Pakistani by the name of Kansi shot up the CIA, killed two CIA officers, wounded others, fled the country, was brought back, put on trial, subsequently found guilty and executed, didn't bring back the dead. By the way, the way he had access to the parking lot of the CIA, he bought into a courier van service that had a permit to park in the parking lot. Motor vehicles are the conveyance of choice for terrorists around the world. The World Trade Center bombing in 93, one month after the shooting at the CIA, which was also one of the reasons that they held that hearing in 97 about immigration fraud, they you had an illegal alien renting the truck, another illegal alien driving the truck that carried the bomb that blew up the Trade Center, killed six, injured over a thousand, inflicted a half billion, with a B, billion dollars in damage, almost brought the tower down sideways, which could have resulted in the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people. Think about that. You have sanctuary cities and sanctuary states giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens without being able to determine who they are. So they put up these big barricades against car bombs and truck bombs. But guess what? We have no idea who's driving the motor vehicles, and frequently motor vehicles themselves are used as weapons to mow people down. We had that happen on the West Side Highway a couple of years ago within two blocks of Ground Zero, where the World Trade Center had stood. Mike, um, I wanted to ask you a question because you touched on something that everybody seems to ignore. And that is E-Verify and being able to game E-Verify. How many times have we heard that this database was breached and this bank's data breach? That's not uh, the same thing. It's no, not, no, that, no. That's not, I'm, that's not what I mean. But they're taking that information and they're using it and stealing people's identity. Well, and then when you go to E-Verify, you're, uh, you, you know, it, it doesn't make any difference because you're a different person. No, you, so how do we even the, check to see who the people are? No, it's well, almost you, impossible, you, isn't it? No, it's not. It's not. Oh, good. Uh, I'm glad to no, hear that. You could even use biometrics. They should be implementing a biometric program, which is one of the things that I called for in my very first hearing, by the way. The bigger issue is that people are able to lie about their identities, get U.S. passports. I want you to think about that. You know, everyone keeps making the point that if you build a 10-foot wall, they'll come with a 20-foot ladder. You don't need a ladder to get across the U.S. border. People don't realize it. I could put something in your pocket if you were here as an alien that would enable you to get past the border wall as though it wasn't there and it weighs less than an ounce and it fits in your pocket. And you know what it is? A green card. And what we have seen repeatedly was that most of the terrorists committed immigration fraud to enter the United States acquire lawful status, including U.S. citizenship and U.S. passports, and then go on to attack us. In fact, we're now observing the anniversary of the Boston Marathon bombing. The the Tsarnaev family, these were the two Tsarnaev brothers, for those of you who may have forgotten, they, they attacked the marathon on Patriot Day, April 15th, killed a number of the runners, created havoc. That family claimed political asylum, even though 
they really didn't have a credible fear of, of, of going back to their home country, which is what asylum is supposed to be about. So what they did was they claimed asylum. We can't go back to Russia. We granted them political asylum. One of the two brothers actually got U.S. citizenship. The second brother had his green card, was applying for citizenship, and there was some questions being raised at that point about possible affiliation with terrorist groups. So they were holding off on adjudicating the passport application, the citizenship application, and they carried out the attack. By the way, after we gave them asylum, the whole family voluntarily got on airplanes and went back to Russia, the country they claimed they could never return to. We've seen this time and again, aliens getting lawful status. In fact, when the bin Laden compound was raided by our special forces and we took that bum out, in his library was a copy of the 9-11 Commission report. And by the way, I provided testimony to the 9-11 Commission. They also found an application for U.S. citizenship. But nobody on the left or the right willing to talk about the danger of immigration fraud and the, and the need for interior enforcement. In fact, it was George W. Bush who created the nightmare known as the Department of Homeland Security. I called the Department of Homeland Surrender. He was never supposed to blend immigration in with any other agency. I know I worked with the Congress off the record on trying to figure out how to make things work properly. Everything that Congress expected and everything that was in the enabling legislation, the Homeland Security Act, was violated by the Bush administration. Customs and border protection was not supposed to be separate from immigration and customs enforcement. By creating that barrier, you wind up with third agency rules and you make these, the entire system so unwieldy that basically we were dead in the water. He also didn't hire enough agents. He also blended immigration with customs and TSA and, and um, Secret Service and ATF all these agencies, and then the people that he put in charge had zero immigration background. And it was the Republicans who called them out. Frequently, when Bush would say something stupid, which was basically any day with a Y in it, mm. they'd call me up and I'd say, what did he do now? So in one case, it's really remarkable to show you how the Democrats have morphed into something ugly and dangerous, because I testified uh, at two hearings for Sheila Jackson Lee in point of fact. So I was at a hearing where Jackson Lee was there testifying. You know, the members of Congress can also provide their own statements, testimony for the record. She was the ranking member. It was the Republicans who controlled the subcommittee. And I will never forget this. I got a phone call. They said, you know, we gave Bush enough money to hire 800 new ICE agents and 2,000 Border Patrol agents this year and for the next four years each. And I said, well, those are low numbers. They said, yeah, well, if you think that's bad, Bush cut the 800 new agents for ICE down to 143. I'll never forget these numbers. He cut 2,000 Border Patrol agents down to 210. They gave him enough money to purchase 8,000 detention beds to hold illegal aliens. He cut the 8,000 down to 1,900 and change. And they said, do you want to come to Washington and testify? And you know who called him out? Jackson Lee. She made the point that without immigration enforcement, we can't protect America or Americans. This is Sheila Jackson Lee. And what happened to the Democrats after that? Well, I think that the goal of the Democrat Party is to destroy the middle class of the United States. You know, my dad was a smart guy. He was a tradesman, didn't have much in the way of formal education, but there's a world of difference between being smart and being educated. And he said to me, if you want to turn a capitalist into a communist, take away their money. If you destroy the middle class, you will force people to go for the government handouts. Guess which party is the party of the handout? It's the Democrat Party. So the idea is to destroy the Republican Party 
by destroying the middle class and forcing most Americans to seek financial assistance to pay for luxuries. You know, turning on the lights after work, buying a hamburger at a fast food restaurant, luxuries. Or giving, or giving the illegal. I think uh, actually we are at the end of this segment, and this has been so informative. I'm going to ask you if you'll stick with me for the next segment because we have to continue this. Uh, I am reading constantly how the left is saying that Jim Jordan has no right to over for oversight of uh, what is going on in New York. How wrong is that? We need to talk about that also. absolutely mike tell everyone where they can find you in lost and found ah, <laughs> good answer uh, my, my own personal website obviously my favorite is michael cutler c-u-t-l-e-r it's one word michaelcutler.net i write for front page magazine frontpagemag.com and i also host the michael cutler hour a blog talk radio show that airs friday nights at 7 p.m east coast time Well, folks, do not go away. We will be right back. This is a very important conversation because you have to understand what the goal of this Democrat Communist Party is and how their intent is to destroy, crush, murder the middle class. They don't care how they do it, and they do it constantly with lie upon lie upon lie. This is Karen Schoen. You have been listening to the prism of America's education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Get your kids out of public school. They are nothing other than a propaganda machine, and your child will be totally different to you, to God, and to country if you allow them to continue in this disgusting indoctrination clinic where they learn nothing. They learn hatred, hatred of their family, hatred of God, and hatred of their country. We have to stop that. There's only one way to do it. As Mike's dad said, take away their money. Stop sending your kids to these disgusting government schools. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix Rx. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic-era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rx nasal solution cleanse. That's COFIXRX.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at CofixRx.com. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. 
The Wellness Company's Chief Medical Board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. everyone. Welcome back. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. The Florida Citizens Alliance, folks, has wonderful programs to help you get your children out of the government indoctrination clinic where they learn nothing other than hate. Please go to the Alliance website, that is goflca.com, and look up what you can do to get your child out of public school. What are your options? The Alliance has a menu of options. Doesn't matter what state you're in, because all of these options are for the entire country. So it doesn't matter that we're just in Florida. Take what you see, copy it, and apply it to your state. Folks, we need to get our kids out of these public schools. 
This is our future. And if they continue on the vein that they are working on, not only will they murder us every single way they can, but the populace will be so incredibly stupid that there will be no America because people do not understand even the way our government is supposed to work. I mean, we are hearing now about this hearing that Jim Jordan had and how he is infringing on people's rights, how he is only doing this to help Donald Trump. I don't think so. I think he is trying to expose what the left is actually doing and how they lie about it. And I have invited Mike to come back because this is all about immigration. And there was a clip from the conference that I wanted to read to you, and then I'll ask Mike to comment on it. Representative Daniel Goldman tried to say the violent crime hearing is a charade and then witnessed Madeline Brame, whose army vet son was killed in New York City, tells him, don't insult my intelligence. This is why I walked away from the plantation of the Democrat Party. How sad is this going to be as we allow these criminals to be released into the population. Mike, what do you think about that? Well, how about how the criminals that are running our government at this point? Absolutely. Uh, You're uh, absolutely right on that one. You know, the, the one question, and I, I want to go back to E-Verify for a moment, but before I do that, here's the question that every reporter and every American should ask every politician on every level of government. And it's a question I, I, I've never heard asked. And here's a simple question. You know, when I heard Ducey from Fox News questioning Jinsaki, why are you flying these aliens around in the middle of the night? And she said, oh, it's not the middle of the night. It's early morning. And we were off to the races on a tangent. The actual question that should have been asked, how is it helpful to the average American citizen and his or her family that you've imported millions of illegal aliens who otherwise would not qualify to enter the United States? who pose a threat to national security, public health, public safety, and the jobs and wages of Americans. And, you know, it has an impact on the environment. The Democrats claim to be green. The only green they're thinking is money, okay? They've allocated $4 billion to deal with the supposed border crisis. I suppose it's not a supposed border crisis, but they're only focusing, of course, on the southern border, ignoring all the other elements of the failed immigration system. And, you know, I spoke at an event in, in uh, New Jersey a couple of weeks ago, and I asked the audience. I, I brought my son with me, my, my youngest, but my youngest is a, an engineer. I'm very proud of him. We spend lots of time together. And he came with me. And I said, do you folks care if we took the Jersey Turnpike, the Garden State Parkway, if we crossed the George Washington Bridge, or we came through the, the Holland Tunnel. And they said, why should we care? All that matters is you got here. I said, that's right. Why are we only concerned about aliens who enter the United States through the southern border? And the light bulbs went on all over the room. This is, again, a subterfuge being foisted on us, because the real question is, how is this good for Americans? And if you look at the immigration laws and you go to Title VIII, United States Code Section 1182, it lays out the grounds for exclusion. 
It has nothing to do with race or religion or ethnicity. I enforced and administered those laws for 30 years. I couldn't have administered them for 30 seconds if it was about race or religion. It's about keeping out aliens who have dangerous communicable diseases, aliens who are criminals, terrorists, spies, fugitives from justice, war criminals, drug smugglers, human traffickers, okay? People who, if they work, would displace American workers. That's what the law is about. It's about protecting public health, public safety, national security, and the jobs and wages of Americans. And then we were told the border wall is a wall of hate. Okay, wall of hate, really? The border wall was never designed to block ports of entry. So the point is it's not designed to stop anybody from entering. It's just to funnel everyone through a port of entry so we know who we're letting in and we can keep our people who pose a threat. When you go to the ballpark, you go through a gate. You don't traipse across the field. Ports of entry are no different from the gate at the sports stadium. What do you think of that analogy? Oh, I think that's wonderful. And that's something that you should be able to relate to your friends and family. And that's the idea. Lock on a sentence that's the truth and spread it. And that is absolutely the truth. Right. So time is short. I want to keep rolling. E-Verify is allowing aliens who can do high tech work to enter the United States, as well as people who do menial work. And everyone says, wow, that's great. And you've got this character, Vivek Ramaswamy, who has announced that he wants to be president. He comes from the tech industries. And he said, we need an immigration system that is based on merit. And everybody went wild. Do you know what he was really saying? What that is code for? We need to import an army of foreign high-tech workers who will ultimately displace American workers. Alan Greenspan testified for Chuck Schumer back on April 30th, 2009. I had a meltdown when I watched the hearing because he said that the solution to wage inequality is to make American highly skilled workers, meaning people with advanced degrees, PhDs, MBAs, computer programmers, scientists, engineers, make them compete with third world workers who will accept much lower wages. If you create that as a new norm, then guess what happens? You destroy the middle class and the working poor will have no one to be envious of. So now you've greatly reduced wage inequality between Americans with skills and those with lesser skills. And Greenspan, as they say in Brooklyn, had the chutzpah to refer to high-tech Americans as the privileged elite. Never mind that he has mansions scattered all over the place, including the Hamptons. Middle-class workers to Alan Greenspan and the Democrat Party of the privileged elite. And when Ramaswamy said, we're going to have a merit-based immigration system, what he should be saying is we need an immigration system that protects the jobs and wages of Americans. We should be encouraging Americans to take the training and get those wonderful jobs so they can support themselves and grow the middle class. By the way, China now has a shortage of high-tech workers. Guess where they're importing their workers from? America. Nowhere. (laughs) Nowhere. They're actually creating financial incentives and training only for Chinese citizens. Only Chinese citizens. That's a capitalist way of doing things. They're stealing that brilliant idea that we used to do, like when Eisenhower told America after Sputnik was launched, we're going to make sure American kids get the best education so America can lead. Now we're hearing from the Republicans as well as the Democrats, we need to bring in the world's best and brightest. Well, from where I come, we call the best and brightest Americans. So understand that both parties have done this, and we've got to be very specific 
with the way that we listen to what they're telling us. Now, Mike, so, there can I uh, interject one sure. thing here? Because they are telling us, both Yellen and Powell, that mm -hmm. we have to bring in these, quote, workers to drive down the Americans' wages because yep. that's going to curb inflation. How is that supposed to work? Well, I'll tell you how it works. So they bring in an army of foreign workers who, by the way, send a lot of their money out of the country, and that destroys the multiplier effect, the whole idea of the economic stimulus package. It suppresses wages. By suppressing wages, you suppress taxes that we need to run our government, so we've run up the deficit. And by virtue of supply and demand, if you have more people here, the jobs become less valuable. But housing becomes more valuable, which thrills the bankers. Think about that. The bankers are happy to move money out of the country. They're a moving company. They get a piece of the action. They're happy to see the price of real estate go through the roof because that means bigger mortgages and more profit margins for them. So the bankers are making it like bandits. That's why I believe you don't see any commercials warning people about drugs. Cigarette commercials right. were super effective. They don't want the drugs to stop because they're moving trillions of dollars in drug money and they are the silent partner. This is literally blood money, death money, and no one seems to care how many Americans are dying. And one other point, you know, when there's mass shootings, we're told we need gun control. I did a little digging. This is kind of interesting. According to Johns Hopkins University, this I believe was 2019. I don't have the, the report in front of me, but I'm doing this by memory. Something on the order of 45,000 Americans died because of car accidents, 45,000. Right. About 47,000 died because of firearms, according to Johns Hopkins. Very close numbers. Have you ever heard anyone calling for car control? Oh, that, yeah, they are, actually. No, 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 wait a moment. <laughs> oh, no, you're right. You're absolutely no, no, no. right. I mean, unless it's a self-driving car, no one's talking yeah, about car control. Something else to think about. And, and this is really important. After there's a, a bad crash, some guy plows into a school bus, injures a bunch of kids, kills the teacher, whatever. We've seen these tragedies play out time and again. Um, you, you immediately hear about the blood alcohol level. Oh, the guy was three times over the limit. When there's a mass shooting, does anyone ever tell you what the toxicology was on the person who pulled the trigger? See, I would argue that many of the people pulling the trigger are operating that firearm under the influence of either alcohol or more likely narcotics. So when you talk about the 100,000 that die because of fentanyl poisoning, not overdose, poisoning, it's a poison, um, the numbers aren't nearly that low. They're much higher. Think of all the accidents with motor vehicles involving people who are under the influence of these drugs, how many people engage in violent crime to support their drug habits or because uh, of mental instability brought on by habitual drug use. We know that it causes long-term brain damage. So we're hearing about mental illness. How about the insanity of getting kids seven, eight, nine years old confused about who they are, male, female, you name it, Add to that the use of drugs. Add to that the use of video games that could be combat simulators for soldiers. And you wonder why there's a high level of violence in our largely dysfunctional society. You know, I, I'm very much into words. My degree was in communications, arts, and sciences. I started out with an engineering degree. Things don't always go as we plan. Two of my kids are engineers. Very proud of all of my kids. Uh, but words matter. And when they started using the term of disruptive 
this company is disrupting the industry and this is disruptive. We're suddenly being told disruptions are good. So I guess when electricity is disrupted, it's good. And when everything yeah. stops working, it's disrupted, it's good. What's being disrupted is our society on every level. And when you look at the crime, and when you could have someone like the, these Democrats talk about how it's not the the, the federal government's responsibility in, in terms of um, what's going on, on on city or state level law enforcement, interior enforcement of the immigration laws was a critical factor in 9-11. Let, let me just read to you. This is from the 9-11 Commission staff report on terrorist travel. And in part, it says this. Abuse of the immigration system and a lack of interior immigration enforcement. We're talking about sanctuary cities here, folks, and the Biden administration policies. A lack of interior enforcement were unwittingly working together to support terrorist activity. It will remain largely unknown since no agency of the U.S. government analyzed terrorist travel patterns until after 9-11. This lack of attention meant that critical opportunities to disrupt terror travel and with it te deadly terrorist operations were missed. So <laughs> are you going to tell me that it's not the federal government's responsibility to be concerned that terrorists are hiding in plain sight in our communities? And if you go to Title VIII, United States Code, Section 1324, it is a felony to Take an alien that you know is here illegally, harbor them, shield them, induce and encourage them to enter the country or remain in the country thereafter illegally. Those are felonies. If you or I did it, they'd come knock on your door, put handcuffs on you and haul you off to federal prison. So you have sanctuary cities doing all this at a time when we're being told that no one's above the law and they point to Donald Trump. Mayors of sanctuary cities are committing felonies. Governors who provide driver's licenses to illegal aliens are committing a felony, I would argue, okay? The millions of illegal aliens who are here are violating our laws. They've made a mockery of the laws. And as I said at one of my first hearings, you know, if, if it's true that you only get one opportunity to make a first impression, think about the first impression that most aliens entering the country uh, have of this country, because the laws they tend to encounter first are our immigration laws. We've now convinced the entire world that in the United States, especially under this corrupt administration, violations of law are not only tolerated, but rewarded. Think about that. So yes. to, to make this argument is insane. By the way, there's a serious drought problem, okay? Biden is imposing limits on how much water can be diverted from various rivers out west. Forget California, you know, wound up with a reprieve because of the floods. If you go a little bit further east from California, the drought is at record levels. We can talk about why, and I don't buy into human-involved global climate change, but that's another story for another day. The reality is there's a serious drought, and it's getting worse. Do you realize that the average person requires 100 gallons of water per day? It's been estimated, and I think it's an, it's an optimist number, that Biden brought in 5 million aliens, 5 million. So do the math. That means because of these aliens, 500 million gallons of water. So going back to the premise of asking how the policies of this Biden administration or any administration on any level are in the best interest of the average American, we know there is a serious drought in the West. California got something of a reprieve because of the flooding. But if you go a little bit to the east of California, the drought is, is still a big issue and getting worse. Biden is now restricting how much uh, water can be 
uh, taken from various rivers into various states for agriculture and other vital purposes. Serious problem. Very Meat serious. Problems. You know what else comes right after that is food. You haven't right, got any wait, water. Wait, we have Karen. no food. Yeah, Karen, hang on, hang on. So the, the point of the matter is that you have five million people, according to some estimates, being led into the country who shouldn't be here because of Biden's policies. Okay. If each person on average requires 100 gallons of water, and I, I went around and did some looked at some studies that were done, and the, the average number seems to be about 100 gallons of water per day per person for sanitary purposes, drinking, cooking, and so forth. Think about that. 5 million people times 100 gallons of water per day means that 500 million gallons of water are being consumed every single day by people who should not be here. 500 million gallons of water per day during a drought. It also impacts transportation, hospitals, healthcare, transportation, infrastructure. Um, I said that if Biden got his way and legalized all these aliens, and no one even talks about the fact that if we had a massive amnesty, and there are Republicans calling for it also, yes. once we secure the southern border, well, guess how many aliens would get green cards if we legalized 25 million? Let's be optimistic. I think the number could be way higher. Uh, oh. It's not the same question as what is the color of George Washington's white uh, horse, okay? Because if you give 25 million aliens lawful status, they immediately have an absolute right to petition the government to immediately admit all of their minor children and their spouses. You could see an influx of 100 million or more legal immigrants based on a legalization program of 25 million who are here. And we won't even know how long they're here. You know, everyone says, well, if they've been living here for the last eight years, seven years, six years, there's no way of determining the length of time an alien has been living here. If they ran the border, there's no record of entry. There is absolutely no capacity to interview these people. That's not even a possibility. Forget about a field investigation. So some alien could enter the United States three months from yesterday and claim to have been here for the last 12 years. There's no way to deny the application because there's no way to determine the true date of entry for the alien. This would basically blow the doors off the hinges and America would be done. This is the Overwhelm America Act that they're talking about. I used to call comprehensive immigration reform the Terrorist Assistance and Facilitation Act because you're giving lawful status to people who snuck into the country and we can't verify their identities or their possible affiliation with criminal or terrorist organizations. And then if you look at the problem of international gangs, transnational gangs, of course the Congress has oversight authority over that. The federal government also provides law enforcement funding for state and local law enforcement to help them acquire resources they need to protect the citizenry. You're going to tell me that if the federal government provides money to the cities and states, they don't have an absolute right to determine how the money is being spent and what policies are being implemented that may be causing American citizens their lives and communities across the country and incentivizing more aliens to enter the United States. The key to border security is actually interior enforcement. You can never hire enough border patrol agents to secure the 100,000 miles of American border. That's why when I keep hearing about the 2,000 mile Mexican border. It's almost laughable. That's not to say the Mexican border isn't a crisis. It's a tragedy. It's a crisis. It keeps me awake every night because we know from open source hearings 
that Hezbollah has been working for quite some time with the human traffickers and the drug smugglers throughout Latin America, aided and abetted by China, okay? Hezbollah is an Iranian terrorist group. They have tens of thousands of operatives around the world and thousands in Latin America alone moving drugs and people into the United States, including sleeper agents. We now have Chinese men coming to the southern border, but we also know they're entering with visas. We're being inundated from every possible way. And I worry that if, for example, the United States would intervene with the push for Taiwan by China, that we don't have saboteurs pre-positioned in the United States to get even with us. We know during the Second World War, Germans were bringing saboteurs to the United States on U-boats for that very purpose. The idea that we have no clue as to the identity or whereabouts of millions of illegal aliens. Final point, you know, the Biden administration said it was Trump's fault about the disarray in Afghanistan. That's a patent lie. And I don't always agree with Donald Trump. I'm not one of those. But let's be honest and let's be fair. Afghanistan was a disaster. We admitted thousands of Afghanis. And just a couple of months ago, there was an article about how the FBI had been had requested and been granted roughly $15 million in emergency funding to look for thousands of citizens of Afghanistan who had been admitted into the United States and then went missing. And lo and behold, it was determined that they were never really vetted. So imagine, go back to what I said about 9-11, how many terrorists carried out 9-11. Two brothers carried out the Boston attack, right? And we now have thousands of people from a terrorism hotspot of the world, Afghanistan, in this country, scattered across this country. And the FBI is scrambling and requested $15 million just to address the Afghanis that this Biden administration led into the United States. And there was also an article about how one of the translators being used by the military, uh, an Afghan citizen, actually had affiliations with uh, ISIS. Mike, tell everybody where they can find you. We are going to run out of time and you'll have okay. to come back so we can continue the conversation. We, we really we really do. Uh, this is important uh, stuff. Uh, my website is michaelcutler.net. I write for Front Page Magazine, frontpagemag.com. And I do the Michael Cutler Hour on Blog Talk Radio, Friday night, 7 p.m. East Coast time. Get involved, folks. Have conversations with your neighbors. And you know what? I think if we sit down as Americans, we will find that we have much more in common, much more unites us than divides us. We need to focus on common ground and understand that immigration is the most significant issue and creates the greatest threats for the safety and well-being of America and Americans. And thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate it. And we will have you come back again. Folks, I, there's one more thought that I want you to think of, because all of these illegals that Mike has been talking about, all of these 5 million people, they came in and guess what? They were not vaccinated. Where do you think they're going to go? They're going to be going to those jobs that Americans were told they could not come to because they were not vaccinated. So we have a major mess. And as Mike said, everything starts local. Pay attention to your local community. When you see those buses coming in, go to your county commissioners, your county officials and ask them, 
Where are those people going and who's going to pay for them? Because you will find eventually it will fall on you and your county. And that is something that we can stop, we can work with, we can work with our county commissioners. And if not, it's time to replace them. That's America. We must get involved. America is for we, the people, not for they, the government. Folks, you have been listening to Karen Schoen, and this is the prism of America's education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. I cannot say it enough. If you cannot become a member of the alliance, it doesn't matter. Go to your local government and make sure that your voice is heard. Make sure that your schools are not overcrowded. Make sure that your schools are being taught the right things. But even more important, I will say it again and again and again, get your kids out of those indoctrination clinics where they lie lie, and then lie again. You have more information than any of the teachers could possibly dream of. Teach your child how to read, write, and do math. That's the best gift that you can give them. And along with that goes common sense. If you do that with your child, you will secure your future. And that is what America should be doing. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you again next week. But I'll-